Blog Talk Radio. Walking on a slight uphill road, I got out with my ghost equipment, consisting of a camera, voice recorder, infrared thermometer, and a gauss media, hoping to catch evidence of a ghostly manner. Episode 434, Tales, Timeless Tales of Hoodoo. Haunted Bethlehem Cemetery and others live on the real hoodoo. The views and opinions expressed on the following program are solely those of the participants and are not necessarily those of this broadcast facility, its management, staff, nor its sponsors. Live from Chicago, the crossroads of America, Papa Say. Papa Say is a highly acclaimed Hudu practitioner and fourth-generation seer with over 50 years' experience in the spiritual path. Boasting a worldwide clientele from various age, education, economic and ethnic groups, Papa Say shares a vast wealth of knowledge with those who have both the desire to learn and will to do what it takes to control the many problems in life. Celebrities and regular persons alike use these same things offered in these broadcasts and now experience true happiness and peace of mind that comes when your problems are finally solved. Papa Say uses the secret knowledge taught to him by his parents and ancestors along with practical knowledge from the Evo in West Africa, the Seminole in the swamps of Florida and the old Hadoo root workers of Louisiana. Along with his formal education in theology, Anthropology and parapsychology brings holistic dimension that touches you, spirit, mind and body. And now your host, Papa Say. God bless all my father's children, here, there, and everywhere. Bonsoir, and welcome to the only genuine, real hoodoo broadcast on the airwaves. This is your host. Monsieur Jean-Léon Devereaux, officially known to many as Bayou Jean, Dr. John, the Swamp Wizard, Papa Say, and your Hoodoo Daddy, promising to tell you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. Let me say that I love you, and you, and even you, and it makes no difference what you think of me, but it does make a difference what I think of you. I cannot allow hatred, jealousy, prejudice, religion, or greed to be a part of me, for I know and I want you to know that the real hoodoo brings light, love, and life to the world. God bless you, my family, wherever you are, just how you are, And the way you are, God bless you and God keep you. May he bless your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. This has always been my prayer for you. And it will always be my prayer for you, no matter where you are. Yeah, now today we have the haunted Bethlehem Cemetery and others. Haunted Bethlehem Cemetery and others. Now, Bethlehem Cemetery is the oldest, the oldest, it is by far the oldest cemetery in, well,
St. Louis. Well, really, really Missouri. It's the oldest cemetery in Missouri. It was there before houses were even there. Bethlehem Cemetery is so old that they don't have records for some of the people that are there. So you know it is old. It is an old, old place. And it has many hauntings. I don't know whether or not you can consider a cemetery as being haunted, but this cemetery is haunted. We got some we got some uh, information about it. But along with we have others. We have other places which we will read too. That cemetery is one of the most haunted places on earth. Now I'll, I'll tell you on earth, on the earth, not in just not in just the US, but on the earth. Because of its hauntings. Now, you know, all that stuff that I talked about, you know, having having the ghost equipment, the camera, the voice recorder, the infra, infrared thermometer, and the Gauss media meter are all certain parts which ghost hunters should carry. A ghost hunter should carry them. But after I read this story... Glory to God. After I read this story, I'll tell you, would you have those things too? Would you go through through trying to find a ghost that way? I don't know. Well, if you want to give your comments, you can call in to 619-924. Nine eight zero one. That number again. One nine nine two four nine eight zero one. And one more time. That number is six one nine nine two four. Nine eight zero one. I hope you got it. Hope you got it. I hope you'll keep it. You know, there's something really peculiar about well our broadcast. You know what it is? Our broadcast is live. Yeah, our broadcast is, is live. Now there are some other people out there who have podcasts, and they're doing fine. But you know what about them? All those podcasts are recorded. This one is live. This one is live. So you hear it just the way it's given. That's the way you hear it. If we record it, well, we clean it up. But I figured that, you know, the best way to do it was just to do it as it is. And don't clean it up. Just let the mistakes go ahead anyway. Yeah. 
you can enjoy it. Because it is. It is live. It is live. It is it's only something that you can use if you're live to listen to it. And I hope you are always live to listen to it. Alright? Well, I have the same the same thing. Two commercials. One song. And then the Timeless Tales of Hoodoo. Yep, the Timeless Tales of Hoodoo. Now, don't go away because we will be right back. When you're in need, be sure to use Papa Say. Papa Say is a fourth-generation seer and an all-around hoodoo root doctor. Papa Say is that surefire person for getting whatever done to make your situation better. Papa Say can help you with everything from success and love to a continuous flow of money. Papa Say can remove that evil eye that's destroying your life and your future. Papa Say helps women get and keep their man and kids off the street, off of drugs, and out of jail. Papa Say doesn't use a tarot or a crystal ball. He uses an ordinary deck of playing cards, a time-honored method used by all real hoodoos. Papa Say can look through muddy water and spot dry land. He's not an ordinary reader or psychic. He's your holy spiritual advisor. You need him? Call him at 1-800-ASK-KEEN. That's 1-800-ASK-KEEN. And ask for extension 055-9865. That's 055-9865. 1-800-ASK-KEEN. Extension 055-9865. Remember, there's only one real hoodoo and only one Papa Say. Is your success flying away from you? Is your money gone before you get it? Does everything you touch turn from sugar to shit? Then you need a miracle from Almighty God. Papa Say is your holy spiritual advisor. He helps with all spiritual and metaphysical problems. No matter how big or how small, God uses Papa Say to get rid of them all. Papa Say can look at the muddy water of deceit and see dry land, the good life, here and far away too. Papa Say helps married people and their children. He takes them off the streets, off the bottle, off of drugs and out of jail. Papa Say doesn't use tarot or a crystal ball. Is your success flying away from you? Is your money gone before you get it? Does everything you touch turn from sugar to shit? Then you need a miracle from Almighty God. Papa Say is your holy spiritual advisor. He helps with all spiritual and metaphysical problems. No matter how big or how small, God uses Papa Say to get rid of them all. Papa Say can look at the muddy water of deceit and see dry land, the good life, here and far away, too. Papa Say helps married people and their children. He takes them off the streets, off the bottle, off of drugs and out of jail. Papa Say doesn't use tarot or a crystal ball. He uses the hand of Almighty God to see yesterday, today, and tomorrow to help you in your everyday life. Papa Say gets you out of trouble and puts you into the favored life of peace, prosperity, and paradise. Yes. 
Have no further questions? Then contact Papa Say at 1-800-ASK-KEEN, extension 055-9865. That's 1-800-ASK-KEEN, extension 055-9865. 1-800-ASK-KEEN, extension 055-9865. Remember, there is one Holy Spiritual Advisor, and that is Papa Say.
want to know who do, then get alone. That's right. All alone. Take a notebook with you and a pencil too. Sit back and stay alert. We want you to be fully aware of what's going to happen. <laughs> These are the true and trustworthy timeless tales of hoodoo. <laughs> the Bethlehem Cemetery in St. Louis, Missouri. It was broad daylight, and I was the only one in a very large graveyard, the oldest in St. Louis, parking on a slight uphill road. I got out with my ghost equipment, consisting of camera, voice recorder, infrared thermometer, and a gauss meter hoping to catch evidence of a ghostly manner. Equipment at the ready, I walked away from my car and took my first picture. Prepared to take another photograph, I was disappointed when I found I had only one picture left. Angry with myself for not being prepared, I hopped back to my car, ready to leave. Ever before I left, I decided to listen to the voice recorder for the few measly minutes that I had recorded. Just as I turned the recorder on, I heard a thump on the back of my bumper. Stopping the recorder, I turned around to see what had happened. Saw nothing and continued to rewind my recorder when I was surprised by yet another thump. This time, I quickly opened the car door and looked underneath the vehicle and all around the car seeing nothing. Because I am more afraid of the living than the dead, I was parked in such a fashion that no bushes or trees were close to the car, providing for any unwanted surprises or hiding places for unseen visitors. Finding nothing and determined that the car was just settling, I returned to listen to what, if anything, I had recorded. Suddenly, the car lurched forward. Mind you, I was parked with the car facing upward on a slanted hill. No keys in ignition, sitting in silence with absolutely no one around. Well, that was it. I quickly threw my recorder onto the passenger seat and got the heck out of there, while all the while looking in my rear view mirror. My question is, is it possible scientifically to have a car sitting on a slope, facing uphill, and the car suddenly lurches forward enough to have your shoulders leave the backrest of your seat. Ruling out all scientific explanations, 
I can now only determine that the thumps and the lurching of the car were, in fact, a ghostly experience. Did they want me to leave? Or were they just letting me know they were there? Though I was frightened by the experience, I was also elated to have some to have had some in common. I can hope that next time I run to such experience that I can stay a while, take tip readings and recordings, as well as have plenty of film on hand to capture the ghostly phenomenon while it happens. Now, Bethlehem Cemetery is located at 9650 Bellefontaine Road in St. Louis, Missouri. This is by Mickey, a ghost hunter from Missouri, November of 2004. Well, I have to tell you, there is something about a cemetery. There is something about a cemetery. You know, sometimes people don't see, well, it's hard. It's hard to really, really be in touch with what a cemetery is and what it is about. Part of it is that it's the well, it's the city of the dead. There are many people in the cemetery, and therefore hauntings—a haunting, one happening real, or one happening, you know, a residual haunting—happen with those things as just. A part of it. But, you know, really, really, a haunting only takes place when certain people are near it. Certain people are near it. So, those things the hauntings have to be something which well other people don't hear about or don't even understand it. They are something which people cannot be assured of. They cannot be assured of. A haunting might be no more than just the spirit coming back for something. But if it isn't, what is it? Okay. Do you believe in ghosts? I used to be like many of you. I was a true skeptic, a true disbeliever. That was me until three years ago. Now I do believe. I wish I didn't. It would be easier for me to sleep at night. Even now, three years later, I still wake up in the night by the memory 
of the screaming man, the child in pain, or and the dark ghostly image that turned my world upside down and changed my beliefs forever. I do believe in ghosts. Now, it was May 2001. I needed desperately to find a place for myself and three children to live in Union, Missouri. Our lease was up at the apartment we have lived at for two years. I was a single father, and I was about to find myself and my children homeless. Like many, I had answered just about every ad in the newspaper for rentals. One evening, I received a call from this woman telling me about this house. She said it was a rather large old house that was in very good shape. She invited me to an open house, which was to be held that coming Sunday. Well, Sunday rolled around. You can't imagine the surprise when my daughter and I rolled up in front of this old white house. It was very large. We walked in. The smell of cookies baking hit us immediately upon hitting, entering the front door. To our surprise, we were standing in a living room with chairs surrounding the, the top of the walls all the way around the room. All of the original woodwork was intact, and a large wooden pole ran to the ceiling, creating a divider which separated the living room from the family room. The house had two floors with three bedrooms and a large family kitchen with a mudroom that led to the back door. The upstairs bedrooms had a breezeway that could be accessed from all rooms. The basement had an old butcher shower and a fruit cellar. It was more house than we ever imagined for the price and immediately made up our minds that we had to have it. Anyone who has lived in an apartment for two years with three children can understand our desperation. We had to have this house. We spoke with the landlady, and she gave me an application to fill out. There were many people looking at the house, so we knew we would have to compete to be its tenant. I handed my application to the landlady. You understand that reasonably, you understand that responsibility that comes with living in an old house such as this? She asked. Oh, yes, I understand. It's beautiful, I quickly replied, not really understanding to what I was agreeing. Well, then, I'll get back to you, She she quickly retorted and was off to peddle her wares to another of the visiting house hunters. She was a strange old lady, and the way she showed the house wasn't in a real estate type of manner. She showed the house as if she was showing a museum. We felt like we were on one of the house tours so often given each year for charity. 
A week went been, been, a week went by before the phone rang one evening. It was a strange landlady. Overexcited to tell me she had selected me, my daughter, and two sons to live in the old house. I was to meet that following day at a restaurant to settle all the paperwork and payment. I thought this was a little strange, and I was a little disappointed because I couldn't wait to see the house that now became my home. Well, the papers were signed the follow- on the following day. That weekend was was a Memorial Day weekend, and we were all set to move in. It seemed like years before Friday came that week, but we but here we were finally there. Moving day. The move was a normal one, and before we knew it, all of our belongings was safely inside the old white house. I was removing the last few items from the moving truck when a car slowed down, almost skipping the front of our new home. From the window of the slow-moving car, the pastor said, Hope you get along here okay, and then sped up and drove away. What do you think of that, Dad? My puzzled daughter asked. Friendly neighbors, I suppose, I replied as I shut the sliding door to the trunk. The first night the house went by without fanfare. Maybe because we were so so tired from the move from the move or perhaps because the house wanted to draw us in a little closer before beginning its series of attacks and assaults upon me and my family. The next morning, like most other days, the must morning started like most other days. Except I did notice one strange thing about the house. Each of the house's interior doors had an old fashioned hook and eyelash, but not on the inside of each of the doors. To keep someone out. Last, the latches were on the outside of the room doors, as if to keep something in. What is it, Dad? My younger son asked from behind. Oh, nothing, I replied, and went about the business of unpacking our things. The first incident happened in the living room when I was hanging a large picture of two angels. My daughter thought this would compliment the chairs that surround the room. I hung the picture and turned and walked away. Crash! I turned to see the picture had fallen to the floor. Rehanging the picture once more, I turned away. Crash! The picture was again was once again on the floor. Hanging it for a third time, when I started walk, walking away, I felt a rush of air, and something hit the back of my ankles. What the heck? I turned to see the picture lying at my feet. More determined than ever, I, hu- 
hung the picture again and say to Lolly, stay there, damn it. I had to laugh because I was alone. Who did I think I was talking to? The kids were playing out on the front porch. Dad, come and see this. My daughter's voice rang through the front door. I stepped out onto the porch. Sit down and watch this, she said silently. Watch what? I replied, no sooner were the words out of my mouth when my daughter pointed to an old man walking down the sidewalk toward our house. However, when he reached our property line, he quickly crossed the street and continued his walk on the opposite sidewalk. They don't like walking in front of our house, Dad. Isn't that weird? My daughter, breathless, breathless with excitement, stated. And right she was. I sat on that porch for a good three hours, watching our neighbors cross the street away from our house any time they walked along our street. A couple of times, I motioned as if to say hello, but they suddenly dropped their heads and continued on their way at a brisk pace. Maybe they are uncomfortable with new main neighbors. I rationalized trying to make sense out of the senseless situation. We went inside for dinner, and the rest of the night went normally without incident. Sunday. The kids came home from church excited because we were set aside the whole day to work on our yard. It was a big deal for us because the only outside area of our apartment provided was a front balcony. We mowed the glass, cleaned out the leaves from under the porch, and sat in the front yard. Strangely enough, the trees seemed to be shedding their leaves as if it were fall. Strange tree behavior, I thought, and made a mental note to mention it to the landlord lady when I talked with her. I asked my younger son to go inside and bring out the garden hose from the basement so we could clean off the walkways and wash down the weather white of the house. A few moments passed when I heard him screaming from inside the house, running frantically into the house. I found him standing in the kitchen shaking in the middle of a puddle of urine. What's wrong? What happened? Looking at me the scared eyes of a child, he said, something chased me up the basement steps. What chased you, I asked. Already thinking over the active imagination of a little boy was that play here. I don't know, Daddy, but it was big. Me and my other two children checked the basement but found nothing except the garden hose. The had been dropped during his frightened escape. Let's get you cleaned up, I said. Naturally, there was teasing and from the other two children about the proverbial basement monster. Better watch out where you go in the basement because the glare of an eye 
finish my middle boy sentence. The rest of Sunday and money Monday went without other incidents. And we were so happy the those first few days in the house. My daughter was making plans about gardens, decorating, and my boys thought it would be easier to walk to their baseball ball games because the park was very close. It was a normal happy time, which unfortunately did not last long. Monday came, the last week of school for my kids, and a long week of work for me. Each day we would leave the house and return each evening to find a light in the house turned on. I blame the children for leaving lights on in the morning. However, on Friday, my daughter and I sent the boys to the car while we toured the house, making sure that every light was off. That night, when we returned home again to find every light burning, when I walked into the house, I was a little shaken. There being no logical reason for all lights being on other than that there was someone in our house. Searching the house in a panic, I found nothing. Daddy, it's cold in here, my daughter said from the living room. What was she talking about? Sweat was pouring down my back and across my brow. However, when I stepped into the living room, the temperature dropped a good 30 degrees. That was the first time. I felt his presence. I can't describe it any better than it felt like an electrical current running through my body, bringing tears to my eyes and bumps to my arms. It passed quickly. I remember thinking, what the hell was that? Soon my daughter stated, Daddy, it's getting warmer here. And sure enough, the temperature was rising as I watched the thermostat climbed. That night, my children slept with me. What little sleep I got. Ooh. Sunday night. We were sitting in the living room talking. I was ready to, to take a trip the following morning to Indianapolis for work. And we were discussing their plans to stay at grandma's. The kids had their back to the living room, for which I'm still thankful because of the memory of what happened still haunts me and haunts my dreams to this day. I noticed out the corner of my eye a quick glance, something moving, standing at the kitchen doorway that led into the family room. Not something, someone. I looked toward it again. It was a dark figure of a man. Even though there, that there was a full light, he was solid to form, except he was moving, churning, 
dark black, black smoke, or mist that made up his form. I looked down because I was sure I wasn't seeing this, that my eyes were playing tricks on me. One or two good rationalizations, and we could go on with us with our lives without the incident. A few moments passed. I was sure that when I looked up again, it would be all gone. But he was still there, and he began to move. Moving to the family room and pausing in the center of the room, his form was still a mass of churning, churning blackness. He stood there for what seemed an eternity. But in actuality, it was only a few moments, and then he melted into the air, gone. I remember the thoughts that were racing through my head. I have two choices. We could run out of the house screaming into the night like those crazies you always see in the movie, or you you know the ones that they that are always based on fact. Or the other choice, we could get up and quietly leave the house and figure all of this out. My hands were shaking uncontrollably. What? That's what we'll do. We will quietly go, orderly, as if nothing was wrong. Standing up on shaky legs, I said in my calmest daddy voice, let's go to us. Let's go get a soda and see Grandma. My youngest was instantly excited at the prospect of a soda before bed, and the older two looked on us and looked on me as if, as if I had lost my mind. Come on, guys. It will be fun. Thank God my keys were on the coffee table in front of us. We moved orderly out the front door. I turned to lock the door when a loud, painful scream of a man came from inside the house. It sounded as if he was screaming in pain, so loud that it could be heard throughout the universe. You in the neighborhood, and the dogs began to bark. To hell with Orly. Get in the car, I screamed at my children. At a dead run, we headed to the car and to drive to my mom's house, which is still a blur to this day. I was in panic, and I knew that we had to get away from the white, old white house. But before we were away from the neighborhood, my youngest son, in a very scared voice, said, Daddy, the basement monster is standing in the upstairs window. I looked back, and sure enough, the black form was standing in the window watching us leave. That night, we stayed in my parents' house. Early the next day, I gathered my things and left for my business trip. I had a whole week of rationalization by the time I returned home to pick up my children. Where else were we to go? I had put everything I had saved and then some into the mood. We had no other choice but to go back 
to the big old White House. Besides, after a week of falling, of talking to myself out of the events of that night, I was ready to return. So on Friday night, we returned to the house. The weekend went without an instant, but we got very little sleep. I was taking another extended weekend to make up to my kids for my week already. On Saturday, we explored the big shed at the back of the yard, and in it we found a number of personal belongings that appeared to belong to different people. My parents convinced me that maybe I, it wouldn't be such a bad idea to call a strange old landlady and ask her some straightforward questions about the house. It was to be one of the most awkward, strangest phone calls of my life. Once I was able to reach her, I carefully chose words and asked in a normal voice if any of the previous tenants had ever mentioned a ghost. Well, of course she said at first that she could not remember. However, she went on to say that one female tenant had claimed that her dead father came to visit her. But the old woman always thought she was crazy. The landlady said that some of the stuff in the shed had been left by the girl, but she could not get her to pick it up. The other stuff in the shed evidently belonged to a man who had lived there, but left in the middle of the night, leaving behind his thing. But no, she had never heard of anyone talking about the house being haunted. I asked her, how long did these people live there? And she said, not much more than a year, honey. Why do you ask? The phone call wasn't of much help. And it didn't calm my fears much. But what else could I do? The rest of the long weekend came and meant went. I actually had convinced myself that it was just a one-time ordeal because nothing more was happening. That was until Monday night. I was on the phone with my mom. The kids were all playing in my bedroom, which is located on the first floor. While on the telephone, I began to hear the inside doors rattling. Listening closely, they rattled again, and I yelled at the kids to quit playing games. I told my mom that everything was okay, and the kids playing tricks. But this time, it rattled again, this time harder. So I scolded the children this time, louder to behave and stop playing tricks. Now, at this time, they rattled louder. But before I could scold, scold them, my daughter's voice cut me off. Daddy, I'm in here. 
reading and my brothers are asleep. Now I will try to recreate what happens next to the best of my memory. Some of it, some of it, I remember clearly. Other parts were blurred to this day. Just as I heard my daughter, the temperature in the house instantly dropped a good 30 degrees. When it came to feeling of the electrical charge running through my body, along with its energy, a horrible stench that I cannot describe permeated the room. And then the screaming started, softly at first, but building in momentum. I yelled through the phone to my mother to come help. We, are, we were getting out. Then the whole house began to shake and come alive. From the above, I could hear something large coming down the stairs. Boom, boom, boom. The screaming of the man over and over and over again. The screaming of my dog. Daddy, what's happening? Along with this came the thought that one of my two bedrooms connected to the stairs. Boom, boom. I, it was coming down those stairs. I had to get to my children. The whole house was alive with noise. The floor beneath me was shaking. As I made my way to the bedroom door, I felt something behind me. I knew I didn't want to turn around and see it. Boom, screaming. A new scream mixed with into a man's scream. And this one from a child. Boom, scream, boom. I made it to my bedroom door, but it wouldn't open. By this time, I too am screaming, throwing myself against the floor. I could, still couldn't budge. I continued to throw myself against the door again and again and again until it finally slammed open. My daughter was in shock at this point. I instructed my middle son to grab his brother and run out the door and head for the car. Boom, boom, scream. My daughter wouldn't move. And I finally had to slap her to bring her to life. Finally, responding, I grabbed her and head for the door. As I hear another bedroom door slam open behind us. It was our trail. It was on our trail, and I knew I couldn't let it reach us. The whole house was shaking and alive with noise and something big on our heels. When we reached the front door and out onto the porch, I slammed the front door behind us. As we got into the car, we could still hear the noise coming out of the house. I drove away and parked at the top of the street where I could still see the house and wait for my parents to arrive. We could see it searching through the house, searching, searching for us. It's blackness moving from room to room methodically. That was our last night in the house. My children never returned. 
When I returned to get a few things on several occasions, I never went alone. Everyone I brought into that house with me would also witness something happen. A scream, whispered, pounding from the floor above. It was not selective anymore at who it let hear its fury. I remember what the old lady said to me as I turned over the key. Standing there, the whole side of my arm and torso still bruised from throwing myself against that bedroom door, she said, some people are meant to live in an old house like that, and some people aren't. I never thought you were the house type, and I guess she was right. About a month after moving out of the house, a friend sent me a website address that she wanted me desperately to see. Put John T. Crow, Union, Missouri, into your search engine, she said. When I did, the face of a man came onto the screen. The same face that showed up in a picture my brother took in the fruit cellar one afternoon while I was packing for the move. The man was famous. The land itself famous. With a history baiting back to the Civil War. About a year ago, Someone I know saw a police car race up to that house one night and witnessed a family running out his front door in their night clothes. As for the house today, the old lady turned it into a dog kennel this past fall. I guess she ran out of people who could live in the old white house like that one. You see, I don't believe in ghosts. You see, I do believe in ghosts. I still drive past that house every once in a while. And when I get enough nerve, I look up at the, at the upstairs window. And it's there, watching, waiting. Sometimes the screams still wake me from my sleep. It's infectious screams. Sleeping into my dreams, turning them into nightmares, I still don't sleep very well. In my dreams, I see a faceless man standing in my basement, washing away blood from his naked body, his naked covered body, grunting, panting, breathing. The breathing you hear when you were alone. In the in a room, the breathing you could hear when you knew it was that heavy, labored breathing. Yes, I do believe in ghosts. I do believe in ghosts, and maybe you should too. Well, uh huh. Oh oh oh. Oh, oh, oh. Well. Well. 
someone. I guess that is a big story. Yes, it was. It is a, it is truthful. It is a story which all of you can, you know, hear it or be a part of it if you want to. But some of you, you would have to believe in ghosts. That is a good story. A good story. One which you cannot dispute.
Until next time, watch where you step, or you'll become a timeless tale of hoodoo. <laughs> this is Monsieur Jean-Luc Devereaux, better known to many as Papa Say. I'm your spiritual advisor for all things, but especially for money, success, love, and luck. I've been doing this for over 50 years in some of the most difficult situations and with great success to it. If you are having trouble with money, success, love, or luck, then contact me, Papa Say, at mail.com to get a fix for any or all of these problems. I have just one thing that I must do. That is to get rid of all your problems by a hook or with a double hook. I'll get rid of all these making a terrible storm in your life right now. So don't wait. Contact me and make the difference in your life today. Get a pencil and paper and write down my address. That's Papa Say at mail dot com. Papa Say at mail dot com. With this I can't miss. Contact me. Papa Say at mail dot com. For money, success, love and luck. Papa Say at mail dot com. For money, success, love and luck. Or you can write me at Papa Say, Box 993, Chicago, Illinois, 60617. Papa Say, Box 993, Chicago, Illinois, 60617. Listen, there is no problem, too big or too small. God uses me to get rid of them all. And I appreciate every single one of you, every one of you who came and who listened to to an old man for some time. But boy, I tell you, that was really a story. That was really one, one which we, well, which nobody would care to listen to or to to be a part of. In fact, those stories are something which, you know, hoodoo is about. Hoodoo has has ghosts, haints, you know, all that stuff is in hoodoo. And unless you are bringing them up, I'm going to say unless you bring them up, you ain't got real hoodoo. You ain't got real hoodoo. So, all these people, all these people are hoodoo, which is why we call it timeless tales of hoodoo. Yeah, all of them are hoodoo. All of them are hoodoo. Now, well, you know, it might be hoodoo. Some people might be afraid of it, but it's all hoodoo. It's all hoodoo. And I'll tell you something. You can get these, you can get these broadcasts whenever you want them. You can get it on Libsyn, Stitcher, iHeart, 
Radio or iTunes. All you have to do is go to it and subscribe. Go to it and subscribe. Now, when you do it, after you subscribe, leave a review for us. Leave a little review. Now, all of you, all of you, I'd like to read to just sort, I'd just like to sort of remind you that this Saturday, this Saturday, we will have our hoodoo class. Yep, this Saturday. And you got the way to get it. You got you got how to get it and what time is it? Three o'clock. Three o'clock central time on Saturday. Every Saturday we have a hoodoo class. So you be there. Now, whatever you whatever you are, wherever you or whatever you're doing, I do appreciate you and I do love you and I ask the Lord to bless your going out and your coming in. From this time forth and even for more. And, and, there's something else I have to say too. Yeah. Something else. And it is goodbye and God bless you. Good night. The views and opinions expressed on the preceding program are solely those of the participants and are not necessarily those of this broadcast facility, its management staff nor its sponsors. Thanks to everyone in our entire audience for listening to this broadcast of Papa Say here on Blog Talk Radio. Your host for this broadcast was Papa Say. Chatroom supervision provided by BT Destiny. The executive producer was George Carr. The broadcast director was James Best. On-air announcers were Myron Bast and Dorothy Knight. On-air announcer for Spanish was, Diego Montoya. On-air announcer for French was, Michelle LeBlanc. Telephone screening provided by, Nicole Lofton. Music recording and engineering provided by, JT's Cop Database Engineering. The music heard on this program is under license by ASCAP and BMI. On-air engineering and recording for post-program archive provided by Blog Talk Radio, a corporation licensed by the State of New York with corporate offices in New Jersey. A recording of this and other broadcasts can be downloaded at www.blogtalkradio.com slash This program has been brought to you by Big Gator Productions, which is solely responsible for its content. Remember to tune in next week at the same time for Papa Say here on Blog Talk Radio.